Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Church, what are we? Pre- 
asleep on this side are you there or are you falling asleep hallelujah it's time for the word of God I think you are you are not understanding what's happening are you alive or you are dead I was telling the first service today that when you come to church there are some things that you have to say as part of your experience in church amen one of them is amen. So let me hear you saying amen. So you may hear a blessing over your life and your response should be Another thing you have to say in church is I receive it. When you see, when you hear a prophetic declaration over your life, you have to lift both your hands and shout I receive it. All right. Now when the preaching is going on and you are blessed, you sometimes you stand up and you lift your right hand and you say you are preaching. So lift your right hand and say you are preaching. And then when it's very serious, you do this and you say, wow. So let me hear your amen. Let me hear your hallelujah. Let me hear you, I receive it. Let me hear you are preaching. And let me hear, wow. I think you are ready for the word of God now. Give the Lord a shout of praise. I can't hear you. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Let's sing Nothing is Impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Come on, all over the room, from the front to the back, sing Nothing is Impossible. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His Word. Say, hearken to the voice of God. To the voice of God. 
God to be? Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His way. For everything, for everything, for everything, yes, everything is possible with God. Come on, one more time, lift your hand and declare by the light. Nothing is impossible. Impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His word. Hearken to the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word. Come on, sing it like you mean it. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. Let me hear your loudest hallelujah. And give the Lord a shout as we welcome prophet to the stage. Amen. Father, we are grateful for this opportunity. Guide us and lead us by your mighty Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, today I am ending my short message on lay people and the ministry. All right? So, I want you to listen carefully as I summarize what is lay people and the ministry. Amen. Now, to be a lay person is someone who develops four skills. Amen. Number one, you develop pastoral skills. Pastoral skills are skills where you learn to pastor people, which is made up of four words. P-V-C-I. Pastoral means P-V-C-I. Prayer visitation, counseling, and interacting with people. Okay? And this is gotten from Acts chapter 6 and verse 4 where you see that um, Peter said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer. We are pastors. Peter is the first pastor in any church. Any church that ever existed, the first person who was a pastor was Peter was the first ever pastor of a church. And the example they gave was that we will give ourselves continually to prayer, P, and the ministry of the word. Okay? That is counseling or teaching. Okay? So, PVCI. Then visitation, you will see about going to visit people, which even an ordinary person does. And doctors now have home visits. And then interaction, just interacting, human interaction. That is what is taken away when you go for solitary confinement in prison. Okay? Because human beings are punished when there's no one to interact with them. That is why they punish people by giving them solitary confinement. It's like you'll be in the prison, but you will not see anybody. And so the church provides PVCI, praying for people, visiting them, counseling for people and then interacting 
just to interact, just somebody to interact with. Even the person may not even solve anything, but just that there's somebody to talk to. A lot of people don't have anybody to talk to at all. So to be a good lay person, you have to develop four sets of skills. And the first is pastoral skills. Whether you're a pastor or not, you can have pastoral skills. Yes. Just like I can have piloting skills, even though I'm not a pilot. I mean, I've, I've been in a cockpit a number of times, and the pilots have told me what to do. I know how to turn a plane left or right. Because I've been in the cockpit before where the pilot said, okay, I'll show you how to turn a plane left. And he did something, and the plane turned left. I was there, and the plane went, and I knew to myself, you know, the people at the back think that, you know, the, the, the plane is turning, but the pilot was just showing me something. Yeah. So I have some piloting skills, but I'm not a pilot. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and he also showed me how to accelerate. Do you see? To do this and to move faster. You get what I'm saying? And then so on and so forth. So, I mean, I'm sure you can check on the internet how to fly, fly a plane. So, you can be the next pilot. But it doesn't mean you are a pilot, but you have some skills. How many feel that if you are ever in a cockpit and you are the only one there, you can land the plane? Raise your hand if you think you can. You don't think so? Please Google it tonight and see how to land a plane for the first time. If you have never been a pilot, and I'm sure there will be some three or four steps. Okay? You never know. Hmm. Now, the next set of skills you need are business and professional skills. Yes. You need a business skill to be a good lay person. You must have something that you do. And you must have a skill. Now, the more skills you have, right, the more prosperous you are. And then the more you have enough money that prevents you from being a vampire. Who wants to suck the blood of the church? Do you see? How many want to be vampires? To suck the blood of the church. The small life of the church. You want to take it away. Why did they say as poor as a church mouse? Because it's like the church doesn't have much. The small that the church has. That one too you want to eat it. So business and professional skills. To be a good lay person. You need to be having good professional skills. Now, when you are a good, having a good profession, let's say you have a profession where you earn some good money, etc., and so on. I mean, maybe you are a, a deputy minister of roads and uh, lakes and uh, rivers, or you are the deputy minister of trees in the country. Do you understand? Or you are the deputy minister of uh, chickens and uh, guinea fowls and so on. Any Thing that, and you have a good income, you will not be thinking of destroying the church or stealing from the church. Do you see? Because it's like you are okay. Your business and professional skills are working. So there's nothing that provokes you to become, I mean, a vampire, to take the small that the church has and then, I mean, take from the church. Rather, you are there to give to the church. You know? A, 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 a lay person is like a patron of, 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 of a charity. You see, if you take 
the people um, who are patrons of charities, you find out that there are people like Rambo and uh, maybe, I don't know, some of the Oprah Winfrey, this type of the queen the, um, or the princess or this type of people. When they visit a charity, they rather donate to it. They don't take from it. They donate to it. Do you think Sylvester Stallone is coming to a school for the blind? Is coming to take some money as a honorarium for coming there. He's coming to take their small that small. Ooh. Or he's coming to get sitting allowance. Being on, 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 on the school for cripples or whatever. He's coming to eat. Bring pay my fuel. Do you think if one of the princes of these important people come and they come, they will be charging, bring fuel, my speaking engagement fee? They said, no. So that is why we want our lay people to develop their business and professional skills properly so that they are people who rather come and they are rather contributing to make the thing work rather than coming to take something from the small things that we have. So you need business and professional skills to be a good pastor, a good lay person. Not even a lay pastor, but even a good lay person. You must understand prayer. A good lay person prays. There's a PVCI, good prayer, good visiting, do you see? Good counseling, good interaction. Beautiful. Then you are a good lay person. You are doing good already without appointment. Without ordination. Then number two, you must have good business and professional skills. Try to become something. Because when you are financially low, you see that as you go around, you have a lean and hungry look in your eyes. You have a what? A lean and hungry look in your eyes. Now as you are in the church, looking at the church, you are looking and saying, hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, nineteen, ninety-five, ninety-eight, ninety-one, one hundred and three. If everybody gives ten CDs, hundred and three times ten CDs is thousand and three. Now, if it's ten dollars, it's thousand and three dollars. Wow, if it's pounds, thousand and three pounds. That's not bad at all. Per week. Times four, four thousand pounds. So you realize that you are looking at the church with a lean and hungry look. And it is because your business and professional skills are not working well. Are you with me? Yes. So that is why we encourage lay people. And I always want my lay people to get good jobs. All my lay people, whenever I have the opportunity, I help them to get jobs. I'll, I'll recommend them. Many people, I recommend them. Oh, this is a good person. This is a good person. What, what about this person? What do you need a person who is this? I have an excellent person. Once I told, I told somebody who was working, I told them, I said, you, this, this, person, this person can keep secrets. Yeah, this person is good at private things. I'll recommend this person to you. So, oh, really? I said, yeah. Very, very private, you never, the person will never 
give a secret of any important thing. So, wow. He took care. Yeah. Was working for years. Beautiful. I, I know people, I said, you, because I want my lay people to have good jobs. So that what? The lean and hungry look will be healed. Otherwise, they always have to wear glasses to cover those eyes, hungry eyes. Check your neighbor's eyes whether there's any leanness or hunger. Don't go too close to the person's face. Just look from a distance to see whether you can see the hunger in the person's eyes. Julius Caesar, he said, Yon Cassius, he has a lean and a hungry look. He thinks too much. And what? Such men are dangerous. That's what Julius Caesar said. He said, that guy Cassius, he has a lean and hungry look and he thinks too much. Such men are dangerous. And he was the one who organized to kill Julius Caesar. And Julius Caesar saw, he said that this guy, he has a lean and hungry look. And he thinks too much. As he's standing there, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, times ten pounds. <laughs> he thinks too much. Ask your neighbor, do you think too much? Do you think too much? Thinking too much is not good. Or talk more than thinking, so that we feel free in your presence. Number three, the third skill you need are what we call flourishing skills. Flourishing skills. Amen. What does it mean to, be, to flourish? To flourish means to bloom. Can you tell us the, the meaning from the dictionary? To flourish. You know, it's to prosper and to, to bloom. And to blossom in the work in what you are doing. You flourish. It's flourishing. Grows well. Grows nicely. So in your profession, you need flourishing skills. Because you may be a doctor. You may be a lawyer. But because you lack flourishing skills, you don't flourish and prosper and grow well in the job that you are doing because you lack flourishing skills are these people working today are you guys on duty (laughs) hallelujah now what job do you have what job do you have what work do you have as a lay person allow God to show you flourishing skills. My little book called The Determinant. Do you sell books in this church? There are a lot of books. I think they should be available so that people can buy them on the floor. It's hidden. We don't even know that there are books here. Because I'm introducing a book now. It's called The Determinants. Can I have samples of these books? Lay people in the ministry, The Determinants. The Determinants is a book that contains 
master secrets of five to seven determinants that determine flourishing in a person's life. Yes. Without wisdom, without understanding, without a certain grace, you may be in a job, but you don't flourish there. You don't flourish there. But you can flourish. You can flourish. You know, I'll tell you a secret. Some years ago, I was with my mother, and my mother told me something. We passed by uh, somewhere, uh, and then she said to me, all lawyers in Ghana who are prosperous or who flourish, do something. Yeah. Then she pointed out, he said, your, your father does this because my father was a lawyer. Your father does Then she mentioned this man, this man, this man, this man. She said, all lawyers. He said, if they don't do that, they don't flourish. Yeah. And I'm sure you are, you are wondering what it is, isn't it? Where is lay, lay people in the ministry? It's coming. Okay. That's a determinant. Yeah. You, you must have it. From next week, you will see books for sale. We're going to have books all over. So that you just pick one and the books are available. You get it. This book will teach you how to flourish. So when my mother pointed that out, I realized it's true. If you go to Makola where the lawyers go to court, you see a lot of lawyers. I mean, they are lawyers, okay, but it's not easy. It's not easy. That's the summary of what I would say. It's not easy. It's not easy for them. Yes. You may be a lawyer, okay, but it's not easy. Doctor, also the same. You need skills. Skills of flourishing. You need flourishing skills. If you are secondary to or subservient to somebody, anywhere, you need skills to know how to work at that place. There are skills that make a person favor you or like you. Oh, yes. And there are skills that make you funny. I mean, not skills. They are mistakes. They, they make you funny. You don't, you, don't, you don't do well. Yeah. You must know how to be secondary to somebody. And it's different from licking bottoms. Do you know what is licking bottoms? Some don't understand. Licking bottoms is to be with someone where you are so, um, like, so, um, you humor the person so much, you try to um, patronize the person and make the person feel, I mean, flatter him, you know, say things that are not true, agree with things you don't agree with. Do you understand? Praise him for wearing clothes when he's not wearing clothes. Have you heard of the story of the king who was praised for wearing clothes when he wasn't actually wearing clothes? And he believed it till he went out naked. And nobody could tell him that he was naked. Because such things can backfire and you can suddenly realize that now this man is a dangerous liar. 
That's why he's praising me and saying things that are not true so that I will like him. You have to be careful of that. But there's a way to conduct yourself and a way to stand in the king's palace such that you be favored. And that was, the Bible says, God gave the children wisdom. God gave them wisdom. God can give you wisdom on how to relate and how to behave and how to survive. It's not easy. But through the power of God, you can flourish in a government job, flourish in a private job, flourish as the owner, flourish as a self-employed person, flourish as any place that God puts you. And they brought the definition of flourishing at last. The guy just came back from Bahamas. He was on leave. You know? And it means to grow luxuriantly. To increase and enlarge. So you are a doctor or a lawyer or a carpenter or a businessman. You grow luxuriantly. And to increase and enlarge as a healthy growing plant. To thrive. To be prosperous. To increase in wealth and honor and comfort and happiness and whatever is desirable. To thrive, to be prominent and influential. Wow. Specifically of authors, painters. And to be in a state of activity and production. Wow. So you need flourishing skills. Because you may have everything that it takes, but you do not flourish. You do not luxuriantly grow and increase in whatever you are doing. So I need my lay pastors to luxuriantly grow. I want my lay pastors to own private jets. I want my lay pastors to fly in private jets. I mean, if, if, you, if, you, if you don't own one, at least fly in one one day at least and call me, call me from the plane and tell me, Daddy, I'm on board, you know. I, I will just took off and we'll be landing soon. That's all I need to hear. Then I know that luxuriantly you are growing and you are doing well as a lay person. That's all I need to hear. Yes. I mean, I was so happy one day when I got a call from a private jet. One of my first lovers was in a private jet moving. And I got, hello daddy, I'll be landing soon. I'm just taking off from, wow. You'll be there practically experiencing all these things. No hungry looks. No hungry looks. Do you think if you're on a private jet, you have a lean and hungry look? Oh, you'll not, you'll, not you'll not be angry. Yeah. You not think too much. You not think too much. You know, one day I was on a plane and I was sitting at the back in the economy class. You know, more than two or three people came to try to uproot me from the back. The people on the plane, the attendants, then they called the uh, ground, the manager, that where I'm sitting is not right. But I've, this is what I've paid for. I've paid for the back. They called the manager on the ground, said, you have another place. The attendants, the people that were greeting, it's like, this, are, this, are, this is not my place. Yeah. They wanted me to 
luxuriantly move into a higher place. But, but there are people also who see the pastor in the business class or the first class and they say, eh? what work does he do that he's here? Why should he be here? You see, these are people with a lean and hungry look. When they see something small, something tortured, it affects them. They realize that a fever starts to come into their lives. Uh, they are hungry. Edouard, It's called skin pain or your skin is paining you. How many would rather like the people to be saying, why don't you rather come here? We have, they came and they said, look, we have seats here. At the point I said, look, I'm not alone. They said, and the people that are with you also, they should also come here. Give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. These are the type of people that we need in our lives. They're the type of people that we need with our lives. Uh, people who are okay. It's like, I mean, if you sit here, you sit here. I'm happier when you are feeling, sitting at this side. Ah. I mean, I, I was one time in Nigeria. You know, Nigerians are very respectful. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Nigerians, they are very, they, they, have, they, they really honor, they honor you. You know, I was in a plane one time and uh, we were about to take off. They closed the doors, they sparked the engine. You know when the engine has been sparked, the, the sound in the plane changes to something like. And then I think the plane even started to move, then stop. I was wondering that why is the plane stopping? You get it? Then suddenly they stopped. I think they turned off the engine. Then they opened the door of the plane. I was not in Lagos. I was outside Lagos, a town. Then they opened the door. Then a glorious man, (laughs) a flourishing man. Hey! He, he climbed the stairs. When he entered the plane, when he entered the plane, as soon as he entered the plane, one of the uh, people was sitting in the business. He got up and said, here is your seat. <laughs> he gave him the seat. Whoever was with him, they got on and they went out of the plane. Straight. They said, oh, thank you. Bye-bye. It's like, that is it. It's like they got up and went out of the plane. Whether their luggage is going or whatever, they just went out of the plane. Hey! These are the type of people who have honor and respect and they rather honor you rather than being jealous of you and full of envy. Oh. I mean, the guy, got, I was wondering, uh, did he not have any bags? What about his things that are, we are taking them? No, no, no. When he saw them, he said, ah, sir, here's your seat. When they, they moved, they cleared the chair. The plane was full. Yeah. You'll be honored in Jesus' name. So flourishing skills. I bless all my lay pastors to flourish and prosper abundantly. All hunger and leanness in their eyes are 
They are healed of it today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Wow. And then the fourth skill that every lay person needs are what we call early retirement skills. Early retirement skills. These are all contained in chapter 15 of this book. I'm just reading my book to you because you've not been reading it. I've tried to read it to you myself. All right. Early retirement skills. Perhaps the most important of these four is the early retirement skills. Why? Because it is the skills are important to a lay pastor because as he goes forward, he may want to give himself more to the work of God. God, the work of God becomes more meaningful as you grow older. Initially, it sounds like you are sacrificing your life to serve God. But as you get older, you realize that almost everything you are doing doesn't make as much sense as serving God. Yes. Because as you go along, you will see people who die at your age. Through life, you will be leaving people behind. If you are one of those who will live to be very old, you are likely to, and you are one, you are likely to see people drop off along the way and you realize that, wow, it's just a matter of time that I'm going out of this world. So, you need skills that make you flourish abundantly and increase exceedingly to the point where you can retire. Now, how, what is early retirement skills? Early retirement skills is a skill where the work you are doing, you can stop doing it and you'll be okay. You just walk away. You see, like me right now, I can walk away from what I'm doing now. I don't have to come to church here. I have about 3,000 to 4,000 church or 6,000 churches. You can count it the way you want to. Churches, that will be happy to pay my salary every month for I don't know how many thousand months I'm going to live. A thousand months is how, 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 how long? Months. Twelve months in a year. So a thousand months is what? Eighty. Somebody should calculate it. Those of you who did maths, who did science. Leave the art student, they will not get it right. But you, the science students, should calculate 1,000 months is how, how, how? 83 years. I have 1,000 churches that will be happy to look after me every month. And I've got thousands of them by the grace. Yes, by the grace. So, in a sense, I've achieved early retirement. So actually, I'm doing a retirement job now. 25 to 50. Ready at 20. I was ready at 20. And from 25 to 50, I've been working. So, in your job that you are doing, you must decide to believe God for what we call extreme flourishing skills that will cause you to be so prosperous in what you are doing that you can put down whatever it is you are doing and walk away from it. Say, I belong to the Lord. Look, you know what? I don't have time for this. I thank God for all I have done 
and I've achieved. I want to serve the Lord with 90% of my time. If you work only 10%, even, if you work only 10%, it is early retirement. If you work only 10%, it's early retirement. In fact, it is said that most people who are millionaires by the age of 40, they started whatever they were doing by the age of 25. And by the age of 40, they are already there. Without early retirement skills, lay people do not get to the ultimate and the profound extreme of lay ministry that they could. They don't. Because they are never free, even to their dying day. And it is sickness and tragedies and things like that that cause them to retire. But you see, your choice to serve God can cause you to retire. I choose to lay this aside so that I can just give myself to this work. God is giving you early retirement skills in whatever you are doing. Indeed, there are people you ask yourself, what else do you want? What you have, you cannot use. The toilets you built, you cannot sit on all. You know, you, you must have heard this term before, investment banking. Investment banking. That means people who have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. So they need a bank which specializes in taking rich people's money and using it for something and then they claim that they increase it and then they'll give it back to you. But be very careful. I know somebody who went to give her last savings. When she came back, they said, well, all that you gave us, I think $3 million or $6 million or whatever. But when we invested it, this company collapsed, this company collapsed, this company collapsed. And what else? So all the money is lost. Actually, you owe us because this uh, bills for whatever. Yes, a bank. I will not tell you the country. It's not Ghana. This, they, they told her you owe. It, she just died after that. She, everything was gone. Yes. So you, you need to be very careful. They told her that it's, it, it's gone. And actually, based on the calculation, the bank fees and this and this and that, she owes them. So, what are the four skills that you need to be a good lay pastor? Number one is what? Pastoral skills. Number two, business and professional skills. And number three, flourishing skills. And number four, early retirement skills. Okay. Now, in conclusion, why God is prophetically going to allow the lay ministry to exist to the end. Why? Why? And I'm going to show you why. God is going to work with lay people to the end. He started with Paul. The greatest apostle who wrote half of the New Testament was a lay pastor. He was a lay apostle. And he will end with lay people championing the way of ministry. Lay people have always been the champions of great moves. Take the great church called Redeemed Church of God. Take the great church called Church of Pentecost, which has surpassed Catholic, Presby, Methodist in Ghana. At least it is in terms of church buildings. They, they are 
at least over 2,500 buildings. The next person is about 2,000 buildings. That is some years ago. They, they started just 19 whatever and they have surpassed is by lay people. They call their lay pastors elders. Elders and lay pastors and lay people champion Martin Luther's reformation which has given birth to the Presby Methodist Anglican Pentecostal Apostolic Church. It was an ordinary person, ordinary people because they translated the Bible for ordinary people to interpret and understand. And then it spawned a great movement that we see. The translation of the Bible from Latin to English, from Latin to Greek, and to languages that people, ordinary people could understand, transform everything. Once you involve ordinary people, everything changes. That's why God wants to involve you. God wants to take every ordinary person and say, I'm including you in what I am doing. I am including you in my work. Are you listening to me? Why is God allowing lay people prophetically to be there to the end? Number one, and this is the conclusion, lay ministry will be there because of a deceptive response by those who were called. Yes. There has been a deceptive response by those who were called by God. Yes. Matthew chapter 21 verse 28. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said. Son. Go work today. In my vineyard. And he answered. And said. Huh? He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. And he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. I go, sir, and what? Went not. Now, whether of the two of them did the will of his father, And they say unto him, the first. The first one who said, I will not go. He is the one who did the will of God. Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you, the publicans and harlots go into the kingdom before you. Prophetically, which of them did the will of his father? By this we see people who said, I go not. They said, when they offered, would you like to work for the Lord? <laughs> As, can we discuss it? I need to see my wife. Uh, yeah, I, of course I will, but not immediately. I want to, but not now. The, the answer is no, I go not. But later, afterward, afterward, he repented and went. Those are the lay people. When you offer, how many want to be full-time? 
the hand will go in the pocket and he's like, he's chewing some granite that he has hidden in his pocket. <laughs> then he came to the second one and he said, will you go? And the second one answered and said, I go, sir. But he didn't go. There are many people who have acted as though they were going to go all out. And as time went on, they did not really do what they could have done. They did not pray. They did not fast. They were not committed. They did not give themselves holy. They even became offended along the way. Oh yes. Many said I go, but they did not go. Many said I'll be faithful, but they were not faithful. When they saw what was involved, they turned back. And now you see those who said, I go not. Never. I'm not part of those things. Excuse me, I just came to worship God in a church. You see many of those ones in this latter time responding and saying, I said I wouldn't go, but now I've changed my mind. I want to go. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Let us know that lay people will be important to the end. They will be. And prophetically, you see that many of them will come and overtake. He says, the publicans and the harlots are entering Faster. I'm not saying that lay people are publicans and harlots, but publicans and harlots are example of people who, when we say, how many want, you, say, you can see, you are a publican, you are a harlot, you are not coming. You are not coming. Initially, we see that. Before you realize, publicans are being ordained. Prostitutes are becoming Episcopal sisters, and uh, uh, harlots are becoming, I mean, powerful mothers. Hey. <laughs> are you still around or you are tired of, the, of, of what I'm talking about alright so get ready uh, you'll be surprised even in the, the, the first life church you know every service you see completely different people on the stage different people leading songs praising worship different people so I'm like, I was just looking around somebody came to my mind I realized that he's not going to be here but you know, different people, even amongst the first love children, there are some who have said from day one, when you ask, will you be in the ministry? No, please. I beg you. I beg you. I'm, I'm a lay person. Yes. I beg you. That, that has been there. So from day one, I said, please. I know, I mean, there, some names just come to my mind immediately. Yes. The protocol will not allow me to mention them. They've said, no, 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 no. You'll be shocked that those who were nothing and said, no, I go not. The next moment you see that is the main man in a certain country. Give the Lord a shout of hallelujah, somebody. I can't hear your loudest amen. amen. Number two, in conclusion, the second reason why lay ministry will be there is because of a lack of laborers. A lack of laborers. And in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says, When he saw the multitudes, 
he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, there are few workers who really work. And because of that, God is going to be happy to take anybody who wants to work. Amen. Amen. You know, one time when we were working at Anakazo, hey, we couldn't get workers to work. So we had to go to other countries. Yes, some workers from different countries came. I mean, we didn't ask what nationality they are before we realized when they speak, you realize that it's not from Ghana. Yeah. Different kinds of characters and people. And you ask yourself, that, ah, where are the people that are? There are few. And we needed to get work done at a point. So if you come, that is it. You just work. Amen. Are you listening? Yeah. So you see, God may be looking into his so-called elite full-time force. And he may see that "Mm, it's not enough. It's not enough for what I want to do. And his eye will now lift up and see. Then he will see some lawyers. Say, lawyer, lawyer, come and preach, please. (laughs) He will find a carpenter. Say, please, carpenter, put your hammer and come. I need you. He'll find some businessman. And he'll say, I know. (laughs) I need you if you can just sign some checks. Leave them. Sign blank checks and come. And he will call diplomats. He will call judges. He will call workers. He will call bankers. He will call all kinds of characters who have nothing to do with the church. And he will say, look, I need, I need, I need. The laborers are few. The harvest is plenty. Number three, in conclusion, the lay ministry will come about because of the necessity. The necessity, the great need. Need comes from the word necessity. Need. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. First Thessalonians chapter 9, verse 16. Although I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. You know, there was a man, he was in a service, and as he was in the service, He was quiet. No one understood his mood. He was just depressed. I think he was a kind of a businessman. And um, as the pastor preached, you know, he said, I wanted, you want to see the pastor? I said, look, God called him years ago. And he said, no, he said, it's been so many years, but that calling has never come. You know, one of the ways you know that it's God is that it doesn't go. It doesn't go. 
away. It never goes away. The gifts and calling of God, they are without repentance. He struggled. He said, look, I have to accept. Something happened and he left the ministry. I said, it has never left me. I always want to do that. I always want to do that. That's how the call of God is. It never goes away from you. You can go here. Hey, 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 sit down. You are called. You can't escape it. Once God puts a hook in your heart, you are his. Hey, God doesn't leave his people like that. Like the song said, you never took your eyes off me. Yes. You never took your eyes off me. When you put your eyes on me, you never took them off again. That's how God is. When he fixed his eyes on you, he will never take them off you. It's like you are the one that he wants. He fixes his eyes on you. He will never remove his eyes. You, you go like this, you go like this, you go like this. You are the one that he wants. Yes. How many are glad that he never takes his eyes off you? Yes. He never takes his eyes off you. And that's why we sang in the song, thanks for reaching me. Thanks for choosing me. Thanks for calling me. You never took your eyes off me. You never, you, never, you never left me. You sent your best man to call me. Hey, God. What a calling. What a beautiful calling. Once you set your eyes on me, you liked me and you chose me. You never change your mind. You know, there are some men like that, eh? When they say, I love you. Hey, Charlie. I mean, they will never take their eyes off you. You may be married to whoever they say, you are the one that I need. (laughs) You never took your eyes off me. Thanks for choosing me. And that's how God is. You may marry five husbands. You may marry the bank. You may marry politics. You may marry business. You may marry whatever. But he never takes his eyes off you. Thanks for choosing me. Thanks for calling me. Thanks for liking me. I love you, Jesus. Lift your hand and say thank you to God for choosing you. Once he put his eyes on you, he never took them off again. To God be the glory for the great things he has done. Hallelujah. And number four, the lay ministry came about because of people's, and will be there because of people's inability to pay for ministry. The people cannot pay and still cannot pay. People cannot and do not and cannot pay for the ministry. Amen. Now, in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Paul said, Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and this is the last scripture we are reading today. He's able to save you and build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Verse 33. 
I have converted nobody's money, gold or apparel. Verse 34. It says, you yourselves know that these hands have ministered to my own necessities. My own hands have worked. Nobody work and I chop. Nobody work and I chop. Me, myself, I worked. Me, myself, I worked. My hands have ministered to my own needs. And to them that were with me. Even those the guys were with me, I provided for them so that Charlie does it. My hands have ministered to my own necessities. People cannot pay. And sometimes you see that without a lay person like Paul, there's no hope. Somebody who doesn't charge. There are people that I've invited. They give me the price. to come to minister. Yeah. I say, wow. Wow. I've seen children of even children of pastors asking, wow, my price is this, so and so thousand dollars, if I I don't reduce it. There are those who have charged $50,000 a day. If it's three nights, it's 50 a night. Now, you see, you people, you don't know the value of speaking. Yeah. You don't know the value of speaking. Yeah. I remember watching at the U.S. president, some of them, after they leave office, they make one speech, 100 million. One speech, 100 million dollars. 80 million dollars for speaking. Millions, yeah. Millions. When you are asked to speak at a certain place, you'll be surprised at the money that they'll give you for speaking. But in the church, because we preach and then nothing's oh yeah. So when I'm mentioning certain amounts of money, it's so, hey, mm, that is actually the value. But you see, people cannot afford it. So there needs to be people who can come without that thing. And they will, there will be people. There will be people who will preach without that kind of money being mentioned as a basis for them to preach the church in the church of God. And finally, you lay people, if you go three verses behind, Acts, for uh, the same Acts 28. Lay people are going to be necessary to block the work of wolves. Yes. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to the flock to feed them. Huh? Which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. Huh? Which he purchased with his own blood. Huh? The church, eh, it's precious to Jesus because he purchased it with his blood. He didn't, when he went shopping to buy you, he didn't use money. He used blood to buy, to pay for you. When he went shopping to pay for you, 
he used blood to pay the bill. When he got to the counter and said, yeah, I've got four souls. I've got Daniel. I've got sister. I've got Curtis. And so how much for the three souls? And they said, it's in blood. And he would take some of his blood and then give to pay for you. So everybody, when he saw Wakuma, he said, ah, Wakuma, Selom, Dr. Kuma, how much is it for these three? Then he mentioned, so now two, uh, I'm sure two meals. I don't think you, so much blood, otherwise the blood will finish. You see. But maybe, maybe about, no, two pints. Hey, three people, two pints, then what will be left? Because we have only five liters of blood. You see. And there are so many souls, billions. So maybe one meal, or I mean, for, for 0.5 mil for just three, three souls. So he has to keep on pricking himself. Pricking himself to pay for you. He purchased you with his blood. 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 When he got to the counter and they said, pay before you go out. He brought out his blood and he paid for you to be saved. Why don't you give Jesus a shout of hallelujah? Yes. I can't hear those at the far end. I can't hear them shouting. Yeah. The church is 100 meters long, so you have to be together. (laughs) Are you there? Now, what did the lay person who was Apostle Paul say? He said, for I know that after my departing or after the departure of lay people. Because Paul has just explained that I didn't use your money. I used my own money as a lay person. And I know that after the departure of lay people, after people who work for God without collecting money are gone. Eh? Grievous wolves grievous wolves shall enter in amongst you not sparing the flock you see because Paul was there he said you should remember I've been here feeding and talking and it has brought all these wolves but I know that me when I the lay person who has been using my own money to look after myself uh, when I go when the lay people leave the system and it is just professional pastors who collect money for what they are doing are left grievous wolves will enter the church and not spare the flock they will not spare the flock at all they'll say no 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 come i'll eat you come 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 i'll eat you now and they'll come and One time I watched a film about some wolves. It was not a film about wolves. It was a film about some people who went skiing. Skiing. So you, you, you watch when ski is sliding, you don't want to know what it means to ski, to slide. So you slide on ice. And ice is not soft. Ice is like stone. So when you are skiing, you go down like this and for, for it to be nice it has to go for a long time so that you have a long slide so you slide for a long time I mean hundreds of meters and then when you get down you can't even see the top so what happened is that in the film which was based on a true story when they went skiing when they got to the top they went on the ski and they went down 
Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, they were so happy, they were so excited. And they went all the way down. When they got to the down, then a cable car takes you from the down and then brings you up. But they were the last, one of the last people to go. So when they got down, when they got down, the man who appraised the cable car, do you see, he was up the hill. So he looked at the cable cars because the cable cars are fixed as chairs on the thing. So he looked at the cable cars. There was nobody on any chairs like they've closed. So the people were sitting on the cable car and they were coming up. So when he looked at it, he said, oh, they've closed. Nobody's here. So he went and turned the electricity off. And then the thing stopped. So the people who were on the cable car coming up the mountain, it stopped in the middle. It was around six, past six o'clock in the evening. And it was now getting dark. And it was winter. That's why there was snow. So now, and it's based on a true story. They were now stuck in the chair. There were three of them. Because you sit three people in a chair. So you sit three people in a chair and they were stuck and the thing is very high like at the top of this pillar, this one here, at the top of this pillar. So the chair will be up there and the pole is coming down the mountain. So they were stuck in the middle. Those up couldn't see and those anybody down cannot also see. It was down the hill. So when the thing went up, group, Light off, chair off. They were sitting there. So they were saying, ah, what's happening? Not knowing that the guy thinks that they've closed. He turned the thing off and he went home. So as they were sitting there, the weather was getting wilder. And they were not dressed for whatever. So they started to freeze to death as they were up suspended in the air. So now they were wondering, what shall we do? As time was going by, one of them said, I'm telling you this because of wolves. That's why I don't like when I I see some people, they are like wolves. So the guy said, one of them said that we are dead. Let me try. So as they were sitting, even their toes started to come off. So one of them said that I will try and go down. When I go down. I will go down to some road somewhere and I go. So he tried to go on the cable and go to, uh, to the pole, the nearest pole, and then come down. But I think his fingers were frozen. What I don't know what happened, but he slipped and then he fell down. So when he fell down, his leg was broken and it was an open fracture so there was blood all around. So he was down, now sitting on the floor whilst the two people were up. So they were sitting there and all suddenly they heard the sound. What was it? Wolves. They smelled the blood. And they surrounded them like that. They surrounded the guy like that. Not sparing the floor. They ate the guy. I tell you, they ate the man live, the young boy. They ate him. They don't care whether you are lost or not. Yeah. They don't care. 
Whether you are how old or not, they ate the guy. And I don't know, I think a second one tried. I don't know how the thing ended, but I think one of them escaped. But the other guy was eating. You'll never be eating. Now, we are protected from wolves by lay pastors. Oh, yes. Because you see, a lay pastor, he doesn't need anything from you. He's not doing anything to get anything from you. He loves you. Yes. Those of us who are full-time pastors, you can never tell what we, what we are after. Maybe we are after money. Maybe we are after this. Maybe we are after something. You can't tell. But a lay pastor, he doesn't collect even one dime. So what he's saying, he's saying it's free. That's why the lay pastors, if lay pastors were to do their work well, they would raise more money for the church than even a full-time pastor. Because when they are raising money, everybody knows that it is this one. He doesn't get anything from it. Paul said, when I go, wolves will come. Let us rise up as laymen and wipe out wolves and defend the flocks of God. The flock that God has so graciously allowed since we started at Kolebu. This church was called KCC, Kolebu Christian Center. And God showed me that, no, our church will be a shining light to the nations. So I changed the name from KCC to Lighthouse Chapel. Not international, just Lighthouse Chapel. May we be a shining light to the nations, a shining light to the peoples of the world. May the whole world know of the Lord. May light shine through us. May we be a shining light. Lighthouse. When it was my wedding, we gave the name to the printer to print an invitation card and the guy made a mistake. And we didn't have money. So when he made a mistake, we had to accept the mistake. And do you know the mistake that he made? He changed Lighthouse Chapel to Lighthouse Chapel International. the Lord a shout of hallelujah. I remember when I saw the card, I said, hey, somebody has made us international. And I was feeling ashamed that you see now, it looks like you are boasting, you're going to write Lighthouse Chapel International, your wedding and so on. You know? So I said, look, the way the thing is, we, we don't have money to correct it. So we just accepted the mistake like that. And since we accepted it, God has made it come to pass. Give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen and amen. So brothers and sisters, let us accept the wonders of the lay ministry. It is a beautiful ministry. Today I've shared with you four skills that you need in order to make the lay ministry work. Number one, pastoral skills. Number two, business and flourishing, business and professional skills. Number three, flourishing skills, which make you what? Luxuriantly prosperous and, 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 and growing. Amen. And then retirement skills. And then I've given you four prophet, or five prophetic reasons why the lay ministry is going to continue. Number one, because of a deceptive response to lay ministry. Those who say I go, they don't go many times. 
So those of you who said you will not, you'll be there. Number two, because of a lack of laborers. Number three, because of a necessity, the great need. And number four, because of people's inability to pay for ministry. And number five, because lay people are necessary to block the activities of wolves. Lift your hand and say, I'm a wolf killer. How many are wolf killers? Ah, God is going to raise you up. I prophesy over you. When Herod killed John the Baptist, he was so surprised when he heard of Jesus. He said, hey, another person has come. Very soon I predict that your arrival is going to surprise the enemy and the enemy is going to be confused and say, hey, I thought I had eliminated the main guy, but it looks like another main guy has arrived. Lift your hand and shout hallelujah and shout amen. Amen. Lift your hand and call on God right now. Say, Father, I want to be part of this great lay army, this beautiful lay army who are serving you, following you, obeying you, doing your great work. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the end of wolves, Lord, in our midst. Thank you for the killing of the wolves, the killing of the wolves. Lift your hand and thank God for the killing of the wolves, the killing of the wolves. The victory over the serpent. Amanda, the release of laymen. Lay people, ordinary people, common people, unpaid people, volunteers who love God and who will serve Him all the days of their lives. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to God. That is an amazing thing. Pastor, pray with me. Somebody invited me to church, but today I want to give my life to God. If you are here like that, Pastor, pray with me. Help me to know God. I want Jesus to change my life and save my life. If you are here like that, wherever you are, lift lift your hand like this. Lift your hand like this up high. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. Lift it like this. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Pastor, pray with me. Help me to know God today. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. If you've lifted your hand right now, come to me in the front here. Come, come from where you are standing. Come from the back. Come from the side. Come, come from the side. Come from the side. Come running to that mercy seat where Jesus is calling. His grace will be your covering. His blood will come on, my friend. It will provide your healing. Come on, from wherever you are. Come running to that mercy seat. Come on. Come on.
now the blood may your mistakes whatsoever everybody say mistakes whatsoever say mistakes whatsoever that means whatever mistake big or small meet the blood and may the blood of Jesus wipe out your mistakes your errors your sins sins of commission and sins of omission the blood of Jesus lift your hands for your blessing I will pass over you understanding receive understanding whatever you lack in terms of wisdom receive wisdom whatever you lack in terms of knowledge receive knowledge whatever you lack in terms of an open door receive an open door in the name of Jesus the Lord make his face to shine upon you and the Lord give you peace the Lord cause the Lord arise in your midst and let your enemies be scattered the Lord fight for you the Lord contend against those that contend against you the Lord open the Red Sea and make you pass through and harm may your enemies perish in the waters behind you as the Lord carries you to the other side may you enter your promised land may you enter the land of milk and honey may you flourish and prosper in the land that God has ordained for you the blessing of the Lord be upon all that believe in this prophecy. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy you receive. Let me hear your very loudest amen. Let me hear your loudest amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.